invite you, if you would, this morning, to open with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 3. And um, like I said, as we do that, um, thinking about, you know, what the Lord really has in store for us. I titled this message today, How to Make the Most of, of 2023. And we'll, next week, you know, we'll jump back into Romans chapter 13, but being a, a one-service Sunday, and I thought, you know, I'll do a one-off on this. And uh, as I was just praying this week, and I was doing some writing and devotionals about these very topics, um, and especially because it's a communion Sunday, you know, at that um, I wanted, you know, the best I could to make this a memorable day for you heading off into a brand new year. You know, if you're, if you're like me at all, you know, you appreciate your computer and the technology, you know, that uh, your computer provides for you. Namely, for me, it's the internet. Um, and, and I love it because it has the ability to give me information really quick. I mean, we can be sitting around, how many, you know, Siri has become part of your family or Alexa, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like that, that joke, right? You know, that the guy's sitting around and he's whispering and his wife says, honey, why are you whispering? And he says, honey, I don't want Mark Zuckerberg to hear me. And she starts laughing. Then Alexa laughs and then Siri laughs and you go, oh, you know, and I know people can be adverse towards, you know, technology thinking, man, it's like, I don't know, but I, I love it because there's just, it's so, it's such a great tool, you know, in a positive way. There's so many negative things about it, but just getting information, getting it quickly. You can look up stuff and, 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 and I have to say this cautiously, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things obviously that you, you know, when you start to look for information and people say it, they go, it must be true, right? And you go, why do you say it's true? And you go, cause it was on the internet. It was Wikipedia. And you go, honey, you know, you can, you can add to Wikipedia. Do you know that people change stuff, you know, all the time. So uh, that word disposal, you know, you have things at your disposal. That's a, that's a, a important word that I use carefully here because much of what you'll read, you probably just need to dispose of, right? But there's much that's good there. If all the things, and you're looking for a study tool this next year, uh, if you're a note taker, I'd write this down, blue letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible. Can't say that enough. It's probably one of the best one-stop sources uh, in, in the computer age. And uh, you'll appreciate it. You'll thank me if you've never used it before and you want to study the Bible. That one spot will help you probably more than anything else. But this last week I typed in the words, what does the Bible say we should do in approaching a new year? I put that in my browser and, I, and then I hit it. I thought, oh, see what it says, you know, and, and it was interesting because the more I read it, the more unsure I became about what I should do. And, and I looked at that and I kept going, there was good arguments. There was good arguments for everything, but here's the dilemma I faced. I came up with like three, three things that, that we were being told to do and they were all opposite. And when you can get three things to be opposite, you know you got a problem. And so I was looking at this and I go, well, you know, I, I, I think, you know, people probably would be uh, encouraged by this to look at then what the Bible says about approaching a new year. Because um, definitely is something that, you know, obviously scripture speaks much about in how we approach a new day. And especially being, like I said, the, the first Sunday of a new year, I thought uh, this would be great to, for us to be able to do that. And so I titled the message today, How to Make the Most of 2023. And, you know, like I said, we'll be back in Romans 13 
uh, starting next week. So uh, come with your, your Bible handy. But, you know, before we, we get into this, I want to ask you a question. You know, this is, a, like I said, a little bit different service here this morning. And I wanted to begin with, with uh, uh, three statements, like I said, off of what I studied this past week. And maybe, the, you know, these statements kind of best describe the approach that you need to take going into 2023. But before, you know, I ask you um, these three statements, you know, I thought we, this would be a good place to stop and to pray uh, for this morning, that the Lord would, would help us, um, you know, in all seriousness, that he would help us identify the, those things in our life that are maybe keeping us from getting the most out of 2023. And, and, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're, the scripture says we're blind. We're blind to what God has for us. And so thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit, who is the best teacher that we have, and that he would help us to, to be honest with ourselves and to be honest with God today as we look at this. And so let's take a moment and pray. Father, as we open up your word and we look at the book of Philippians here and other passages, uh, Lord, may you help us to, to answer these questions in our own heart uh, knowing that, God, you do have a plan and a purpose. You have a hope. You have a desire for us. And, uh, Lord, today, as we gather in this place, it's a, it's a very special Sunday because it's a communion Sunday where we get to be reminded, Lord, of your love for us and what the cross has accomplished for us. And so, Lord, as we look to your word today and we consider these things, uh, Lord, help us to, to answer them honestly within our own heart. You, you know our heart, God. And what I love about asking these questions, uh, Father God, is the fact that as soon as I ask the question, you'll, you'll quicken those things to our heart today, those things that we need to bring to you in communion today and lay at your feet. And so, Lord, with that, it just gives me excitement, uh, Lord, in anticipating what you'll do today. Because I, I know, like my brothers and sisters here, uh, God, we want so much to live lives that are pleasing to you, that bring glory to your name. And Father, I pray that you would help us, as Larry was sharing in worship, that we would understand that in maybe a fresh way that, Lord, we live in, in really truly these last days. And uh, we have no, no guarantee of tomorrow. And so, Father, I pray that there would be a, a sense of urgency as we listen, as we learn, and we apply, Lord, your word in our lives today. And our greatest desire of all of our hearts, individually and collectively, is, God, that our life, Lord, our lives together, would truly be a love song to you, that they would be an act of worship. Lord, thank you for getting us through another year. Thank you for being here in this place today. And have your way and your will with us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I was going to ask you this question, you know, to make the most of 2023, I need to, and then you got to fill in the blank. To make the most of 2023, I need to, and these are the th three things that really the Lord kept bringing to mind as I was studying for this past week. Number one was that you need to let go of the past. You need to let go of the past. Of all the things that could make for a, a great 2023, you need to let go of the past. And as, like I said, and I know this, as soon as I said that, there's some here today, you go, that's it. You knew it. It wasn't because I said it. 
It's just the Holy Spirit had already, you know, revealed that to you. I just repeated something and you go, that's what I need to do. And you need to identify that thing. And the beauty of it is, is we get to communion. That's something that you can lay at his feet today. The second thing, uh, the question, again, to get the most out of 2023, uh, the, if I was going to put these in, in numerical order here, not in value, but just in order, uh, would be to live in the moment, to live in the moment. There's a difference and I'll, and I'll get to that. Live in the moment. And if you could just do that, maybe you've let go of the past, but you do not live in the moment. You might live, and you might write this down. I'm going to elaborate more on it in a minute. You live for the moment, but you don't live in the moment. And what Jesus desires is that all of us learn to live in the moment. Some people are stuck in the past. Some people, you know, just, you know, like I said, don't even enjoy the day today because they're living for the moment instead of living in the moment. And maybe you'd identify that. And number three, you could get the most out of 2023 if you would simply focus on the future. Focus on the future. So you need to either let go of the past, learn how to live in the moment, or focus on the future. That's the best way that you and I could approach a new year, not just 2023. The beauty of it is it's from God's word. It could be any year. It could be any day. Let's look at this together. You think of the first here, let go of the past. Philippians chapter three, verses one through 11. You think of the apostle Paul and and we'll read this together and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of the background of it. He says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, he says, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs. And he's not talking about the animal. He's talking about people, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in the human effort. I, though, could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. This is Paul talking. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness, though, through obeying the law, but rather I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself demands on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. And you think about that. So what is he saying? He goes, of all the things I did, good, bad, or indifferent, he goes, I got to let it go. 
I got to let it go. Matter of fact, I mean, think about Paul's life. He was so zealous for the, for the Jewish faith that he persecuted Christians. He stood there, as scripture says, he was the coat hanger as they, as they killed Stephen. Can you imagine, you know, killing the most popular kid in, in a community, then going back into that community and telling people about the love of Jesus? How could you do that? How could you, knowing your past, ever go back into a situation to tell other people that they need to love other people? Unless what? You've been able to let go of your past. You've been able to, you know, leave those things behind. And so Paul brings these things out to us and he's reminding us, you know, how powerful it is to move forward. You know, we have to be able to let go of the past. You know, I put in my notes, you know, some of us today were stuck in reverse and all the things that you could, you know, do in going into 2023 is just simply let go of the past. And that might mean forgiving somebody who's living rent free inside your head. It could be forgiving yourself. That's one of the greatest, you know, things that hold people back is when you, you know, God has forgiven you, but you won't even forgive yourself. And it's so sad. Missing out on not just a moment, but obviously even the future that we might have. You know, I remember a few years ago now, you know, that Disney, uh, they're under fire for all kinds of things and rightly so, but they came out with a movie called Frozen. Anybody remember that? You know, what was the theme song to that? Most of you know it as adults, right? And if you have children or grandchildren, how did it go? Let it go, right? And you would tell your friends that even as you go, hey, you know what you need to do? What do you need to do? Let it go. And then you'd start singing it. It's even better. You know, I don't, I don't want to put this song necessarily in your head, but I, my, I just remember my, my granddaughter, you know, I remember my wife videotaping her and she had a little, well, we had one of those little portable microphones, right? And she's there and she's like this. She's going, let it go. You know, she's, I mean, you're going, it's, she might as well just be at Disneyland, you know? And, but I love this. And you think about some of the lyrics are, let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. I know it's starting to play in some of your heads. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Man, that's good theology. That's Philippians 3 right there. It goes on, it says, I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. The cold, and I always love my granddaughter does this. She goes, let the cold doesn't bother me anyway. You know, let it go. And it's such, it's such good advice. Such a great exhortation. Paul in Ephesians 4, 31, 32 puts it like this. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has what? He's forgiven you. You know, it's sinful. It's wrong to hold on to the past when the past that you're holding on to is keeping you from going forward. Is that you today? It'll rob you from, from achieving anything that God has for you in 2023. You'll know because the Holy Spirit will quicken it to your heart. Today's the day to make a decision to let it go, to bring it to God let it go. First John 1 John 1.9 puts it like this. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all wickedness. How about Psalm 103, verse 12? It says, as far, 11 and 12, it says, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has, his, uh, has he removed our transgressions from us. So I want you to think about that. 
As far as the heavens are above the earth, so is his mercy towards you. Especially for those of you that are struggling with forgiving yourself today. You know, not only maybe did you feel like you let God down, but you let, you know, people in your life down, you let yourself down. What does he remind us here in the Psalms? As far as the east is from the west. And you look at that, right? You know, you, you take a compass. On a compass, you can go north, right? And the, and, and, and the magnetism will take you north. And once you reach the North Pole and you start going south, it'll turn. And it'll direct you to the south. But if you go east and west, there's ne it never changes. You, you, you can keep going east and it'll never point west. And you can go west and it'll never point east. And, 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 you know, obviously God knows that. And he places that within scripture. And he goes, and I forgive you as far as the east is from the west. Because they, they never meet. They never, it never comes together. There's, there's no calculation for it. And he's going, I've forgiven you. God has forgiven you. You got to let it go. But for some, it's just, it's robbing you. And, you know, and, I, and I love that expression, as painful as it is, you know, that, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And it's killing you. And it's robbing you from, from you know, this year. I mean, just because it's, you know, really one day to the next. You know, we were talking about that last night. New Year's doesn't mean anything really to me. You know, it's just an opportunity to get mad at the neighbors who, you know, shoot off mortars all night long and, you know, pray God would bring down fire on them. You know, and then it's like, you know, yeah, it's, but those are biblical prayers. I want you to know. Yeah. Impractory prayers. Yes. Look at them. But, you know, I, God, he's forgiven you. And it's, and it's important that we get that. Understand it. You know, that you're holding on to something that God has long forgiven you for. Let it go. First Peter 5, 7 puts it like this. Give all your worries and your cares to God. For he cares about you. You just can't hear that too much. And so for you, you know, to make the most of, of 2023, you got to let it go. And like I said, the beauty of this, as I share it, the Holy Spirit has already quickened that to your heart. You could be squirming going, ah. Because you don't want to let it go. Because not letting go keeps you in your own heart and mind in control. And you know giving it up is to release control. But it's the best place to be. Because it's killing you. Second thing is, you know, like I said, to make the most of 2023, I need to live in the moment. And again, as a note taker, make sure you're clear on this. It's learning to live in the moment, not for the moment. There's a big difference there. You know, I love that old expression that says, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift, and that's why we call it the present. Amen? You think about that. Well, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, you know, that people without God in their life, you know, they live for the moment. They live in the here and the now. That's all that they do. He said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 32. He says, if there's no resurrection, it's a great chapter to read. Because it's all about Jesus being risen from the dead. Because if he hasn't risen from the dead, Paul said, then your faith is worthless. My faith is worthless. We might as well just go back to doing whatever we were doing before. You know, we think that, you know, we figured out Jesus was the right way. If he hasn't risen from the dead. But because he has risen from the dead, he said, you know, we have hope. But he said this in, in verse 32. He says, if there will be no resurrection from the dead, and if there's no resurrection, he said, and you've heard it this way, let's eat, drink, and be merry for what? Tomorrow we surely die. Or in the NLT, it says, and if there's no resurrection, let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. 
But see, Jesus himself put it like this in Matthew chapter 6. I'll read this to you in its entirety, verses 19 through 34. Jesus, so they're thinking about, you know, living in the now, okay, living in the moment. He says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or even enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And then look what he says, verse 34. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. There's enough stuff going on today, man. And, and I think about this and I laugh, you know, because, you know, we go, oh, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, I trust God, you know, and then we worry about the littlest things. I mean, to think of if God could give his own son on a cross for my sin and your sin, how much easier could he give you anything else? You know, I mean, what would he hold back? If he gave you the best that he had, isn't everything else easier than that? You go, absolutely. And, and, I, and I think like last night, you know, we're sitting there, you know, this is a church function, right? We're, we're, we're in the cafe. We're having a, you know, uh, and, and I love this enlightenment you know, that we had. See, we, we celebrated, we called it an East Coast New Year, right? And why did we do that? Because in New York, yeah, because we're old. And old people do this, but this, it's going to get better than this. So at nine o'clock in New York, what time is it in California? Six o'clock. And when it's midnight in New York, what time is it in California? Nine. So that was up. We go, okay, we'll have the West Coast or excuse me, East Coast New Year's. We'll start at six. It'll be over at nine and, and we'll be in bed. Well, Mark Dawson, Mark goes on, he pulls up this real-time New Year's where it's happening every place in the world. 
We can look at one thing. So we got this idea. We go, wait a second. We could do this at four o'clock in the afternoon and celebrate with people in London. Why are we, why are we limiting it to the people in you know, New York? Let's get this thing over with at six so we can get to bed. You know? <laughs> I mean, and, and obviously if you're young, you can't appreciate that. Right? My, my son called my wife the other night to ask her a question. It was eight o'clock. And she goes like this. And he goes, and I could hear him. She had a speaker. And he says, Mom, are you asleep? He goes, yeah, honey. I'm asleep. What time is it? He goes, it's eight o'clock. <laughs> she goes, well, you know, we kind of go to bed early these days, you know. Plus, we get up at, you know, I mean, the crack of dawn. I don't even know what that is, but I just know my wife is up way before that. She's waking me up at six o'clock in the morning. Hi, honey. Can I vacuum? <laughs> yeah, she's been up for like two or three hours, you know, I was like, so, so I get this tomorrow, you know, we, we can be so caught up and we miss today. You know, have you ever heard that expression, you know, stop and smell the roses, you know, when you're moving so fast through life, I mean, you just don't have the opportunity. It's not that they're not there. It's just that you get so crazy going, you know, Mach one that, you know, you miss those opportunities and, and really to make the most of 2023. God would be calling you to live in the moment. And, and, and that can be so difficult to do. Like I said, I'm not talking about those that are living for the moment because scripture, that is blatantly, that is sinful and it's wrong. It is so short-sighted. But to live in the moment, appreciating, you know, what God is doing. You know, I love that, you know, lamentations, you know, we don't have to wait for a new year. People go, oh, I just can't wait for a new year. You know, and you go, well, it'll start fresh. And you go, ah, you know, I can just tell you I've been there. I go, I've had all kinds of resolutions. I, I like the one I saw a couple of weeks ago on Instagram. It had somebody, they were opening up a gym, you know, for the new year. They said, man, this is where the money's at. And they go, well, there's no money in opening a gym. They go, yeah, because I'm going to turn it into a taco stand on the 15th. They go, you know, they'll start good for about two weeks. And then, we're, you know, and I go, I get that. I understand it. You know, we, we, we resolve to, hey, I'm going to improve this. or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you go, and what do we end up doing? We fail. And that's why you talk to probably the majority of people today. You go, do you make resolutions? No. Why? Because I know I'll, I'll just mess it up. And you go, well, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have goals. The key is that we shouldn't look to ourselves. What we realize is that I have no strength in really in and of myself. But I can do all things through Christ to what? Who strengthens me. And so it kind of leads us leads us in the right direction. But Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 puts it like this, says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh when? They are new, what? Every morning. Every morning. That's there for a reason. That, that there's something about the day, the day that you're in, in, in maximizing that day. I like that old saying that says, live like there's no tomorrow, but plan like you're going to be here for another hundred years. It's finding, finding that balance. You know, I, I found through the years, you know, in counseling other people, as well as counseling myself, you know, that, that the most grateful people, and I want you to hear me on this, the most grateful people are those that in the moment, they're grateful. They're grateful for whatever it is that God is doing. It's not, there, it's not that they, they find, you know, I, I was listening to um, Roger Spradlin um, a couple weeks ago and listening to him as he came back, you know, from um, 
you know, treatment. And he was talking about, you know, I mean, he has a terminal cancer and they've given him, you know, basically about a year to live uh, if he gets the treatment. They said just about eight weeks if he didn't get anything. And so he's going through these treatments. And uh, he said, you know, and, and I could so relate to this. And I, I thought about this a lot, you know, after hearing him say it, because I've shared it with you, you guys as well. And Larry was actually alluding to it this morning, didn't say it by name. And so I'm going to say it by, by name. But uh, Roger Spradlin, he said, you know, um, one of the things he said that was so profound, you know, it's not just that people were praying. He said, you know, literally, you know, hundreds of people praying. He said, there's people standing in my yard, you know, praying for me and my family. And he said, you know, as someone who's always been the one, you know, giving it out, he said, it's so humbling to be the one who's on the receiving end of those things. And, and it's really true when you're in the ministry and, and, and God humbles you that way. But he said the thing that was so profound to me uh, and what I related to uh, just from personal experience, he said, um, he goes, it's not what I rejoice in. He goes, it's not answered prayer. You know, when people are praying and all these things, he goes, you know, the, the most amazing thing, he said, through all this, he goes, is the presence of God. He goes, when you, you're in this moment and God shows up, and, and as soon as he said it, I, like I said, I, I shared it with you. I, I've had a couple instances with, with health issues where, you know, and like I said, I know when I'm laying on a, on a, you know, an operating table and they've got you hooked up to IVs and I'm and IVs and then all the, you know, stuff to measure your heart rate and pulls and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I'm looking at it and my blood pressure is through the roof and my heart rate is through the roof. And I'm, I'm in, I'm in like the middle of an anxiety attack. And, and I'm laying there and just fearful of the unknown. It just, out of nowhere, just like I said, it just gripped me. And I was laying there and I was trying to like talk myself, you know, out of it. And there was nothing I could do. You know, I couldn't have a happy thought. Couldn't, and I'm watching this thing and it's right in front of me. And my doctor, he just comes up and like I said, he lays his hand on my chest and he just begins to pray. And I look up and then all of a sudden it's just to do. Now, first I'm thinking they gave me some good medication, but they hadn't given me anything. And it wasn't because I had faith. It wasn't because I had done, I'd done nothing. I was just laying there. But it, all of a sudden I felt the presence of God like I had not known it before in my life. I've known it in different ways, but never like that. And I remember laying there and I was like, God, you can take me now. I'm, I'm ready to go. And have this, oh, just like an unspeakable joy, just going, God's presence is that way. And then I had this issue this last year when I had sepsis and I'm there and same type of thing. You know, I'm just, I, they come in and I have an infectious disease doctor. When they come show up, like I said, at two o'clock in the morning, you know, you're in trouble, you know? And she's like, oh, Mr. Ronsonheimer, you know, you're, uh, you're uh, suffering from acute kidney failure. Like, hey, the second person has told me that. Well, I don't know what that means, but uh, you know, obviously it's not good. And, and just being in this moment and then just praying and just going, God, you know what? I, I just, I need you. I don't, I wasn't praying. Oh God, heal me. It was like, God, just, just let me know that you're here and to, and to feel the presence of God. It was like nothing else, nothing else mattered. It wasn't like, Oh, do this or do this. It's not, wasn't trying to get God to do anything. It was just being aware that he was there. And, and the thing that I've had to repent of then, and I have to repent of today is how much of my life 
have I missed those moments? Because God is always there. That's one of the things that we love about communion. Jesus said, and lo, what? I am with you always. And why does it take things like that? My life and Pastor Roger's life. When you get to that, well, it just demonstrates like the psalmist declared in the 23rd Psalm. It's sometimes it's the terrible things of life, the disappointments, the hurts and the heartaches where God is the most real to us. We're more aware of him than we are at the mountaintops or anything else. Because when we're at the mountaintop, we're all excited and we're happy in and of ourselves. But it's in those painful moments, those fearful moments, those, those moments where you feel all alone and then God just steps in and shows up. And I love that is to know that God is there. When I think about the best way to know and how to live in the moment, you know, maybe it's found in Psalm 119, 20, or excuse me, 118, 24, and it says this, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hey, there's an old expression that says, these are the good old days, and they really are. <laughs> yeah. You look back and you go, man, you would say this, and, and it stays with you. These, today, I mean, if you're breathing, you're here, you're alive. I mean, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we can and should rejoice and be glad in it. Counting our blessings every day, rejoicing in Jesus. And maybe, you know, like I said, I know for me, maybe for you, this is the day we ask God to forgive us for not living in the moment. Maybe you've just been living for the moment. You've just, because life has kicked you in the teeth, so to speak, you know, you've just decided, you know, I'm just eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow. You come to church every week, but, but in your heart of hearts, you go, I'm not living in the moment. I'm just living for the moment. It's like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck in that sense. You just go, there's no, there's no hope. There's no, there's no plan. There's no future in that. And I get that and understand it. And maybe that's the thing that you need to, to bring to God today. Maybe you need to, like I said, number one, let it go. Number two, live in the moment. And the third one here, make the most of your 2023 is focus on the future. You know, because once you've let go of the past and you're living really in the moment, you're capable of focused on the future. Look at Philippians 3 with me again. Uh, we'll go on in, in verses 12 through 14. Paul would say this in, in the title in my Bible. It says, pressing toward the goal. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Maybe, like I said, the best way you can make the most out of your 2023 this morning is take author Stephen Covey, his advice in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Start with the end in mind. Start with the end in mind. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 puts it like this. And it really is the key to, to letting go of the past, learning how to live in the moment, as well as focusing in on the future. If you're a note taker, you definitely want to write this down or lock in on this. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that would be chapter 10, going backwards, it says, let us, in, in Hebrews 10, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, I've told you many times, church, you know, the key, you know, as you look forward is keep Jesus between you and everything else. And you cannot go wrong in 2023. You can ask yourselves if God isn't in it, then get out of it. That really, like I said, I think is sound sage advice for us moving forward into a new year. Looking to Jesus is exactly what we're called to do every time we receive communion. I want you to think about this. I'll invite those that are going to pass out the elements of communion to go ahead and come on up. Um, the worship team as well. I want to just wrap it up with this. I want you to think about this. You know, when we receive communion, it deals with the past, the present, and the future. So you think of all the things that we could do you know, in, in maximizing and getting the most out of a new year, it, it can't be a better day than this, than, than a communion Sunday. And I, cause I want you to think about this, Jesus death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, you know, because of that, we have the opportunity to experience eternal life. Amen. And, and amen, because of what Jesus has done for us, you know, and because of Jesus, do we have something to look forward to today? No matter what you're going through, no matter how bad things might be, no matter what your health condition is or isn't today, do we have a promise to look forward to in Christ Jesus? Do we? Yeah. And again, so you think about this. The best, and I try to tell you this all the time, the best for the believer is still yet to be. Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 2.9. He says, no eye has seen nor ear heard nor has a mind even imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So let me ask you this before we receive communion today. What's keeping you? What's keeping you from getting the most out of this next new year? Is it you won't let go of the past? Is it you're only living in the moment? You know, so maybe in better terms, you know, you're living for the moment. You're just, it's just about today, not worrying about anything else. Or is it that you forgot to focus on the future? And I think, you know, to put us all in perspective, you know, we need to, like I said, remember what Jesus has done for us. Because communion really is God's solution to put in our past and our present in our future into its proper perspective. You think about, you know, communion. When was that first communion celebrated? It was in the Exodus, right? As they were leaving Egypt, they were celebrating the Passover, that 10th plague that the firstborn, you know, uh, of son of each family, that firstborn child would, would give its life. Its life would be taken unless it was under the blood. And so Jesus there on the eve of the Passover, the night before he was crucified, he put a, a new meaning, new perspective, you know, to communion for us as part of our, our worship life that causes us to remember his death, to remember his resurrection, and to remember he's coming again. As Larry was talking about, that these are the end times. These are the last days. Jesus is coming back and he, he could be here today. Amen. So I look at communion and go, think about it. He's going, your past can be forgiven because of the cross. You look at the cross, right? And Jesus said, and I'm with you always. Your present can be managed because of a personal relationship 
with Jesus Christ. And your future, that's what communions remind us. Our future is, is secure, right? Jesus, wherever we go, he's going to go with us. He says, even to the end of the age. And I can't think of a better way than, you know, as we head into a new year to be reminded of that. The past and the present and the future are all wrapped up in communion there. God knowing that you can let go of the past because of what he's done for you on the cross. You can get through today knowing that he will meet your needs. I was going to share this, like I said, last night. We're sitting there eating in the, in the cafe, right? And I'm looking at the food that's there. You know, Billy brings three tri-tip. He's, we're slicing them up there. People are looking around. And I'm looking at the table. I'm looking at Dale. Dale's sitting across from me. And I'm looking at what he's eating. I'm going, I don't know too many people that eat like this at home. And this is a church New Year's Eve party. And I just like, God, you're so good. You're so good. You, you provide all the time. I mean, just you think, you go, oh, I'd be happy with which we had some noodles and some macaroni and cheese, you know, and some maybe some potato chips and dip, right? You go, no, this is like awesome. And it's just that thing where you just go, God, you're just so, so amazing how you provide for your people today. He'll meet your need if you look to him. And then to look at communion and say, my future's secure. It's secure because Jesus made a promise. He said, I go, I shared this with you last week. Hopefully you went home and read it. Some of you, I got emails from you did. You went home and read John chapter 14. Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And when it's prepared, what do you say? I'll come back and I'll get you and you'll be with me forever. And Paul would remind the church in Thessalonica, you know, comfort one another. You lose a loved one. The holidays can be really tough. You lose people that you love. They're not there with you. Well, hopefully they're in Christ. And guess what? They just went on ahead. And so it reminds me of this. And I want, to, I want you to think about this this morning in Luke chapter 22. Let me read this to you and we'll, we'll receive communion. Speaking of the Last Supper, it says, Now the festival of unleavened bread arrived. It says, When the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go prepare the Passover meal so we can eat it together. Where do you want us to prepare it? They asked him. He replied, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where's the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. They went off to the city and they found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. And when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table and Jesus said, I have been very, think of this. He says, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. You go, what was he saying? He's going, I'm going to eat it with you tonight, but I will not eat it again until I eat it in the kingdom when I come. He goes, until everybody who ever is going to get saved. Think about, think about for Jesus, right? He goes, everybody who's ever going to be saved. He goes, we're going to sit together one day and I'm going to eat it then when everybody is gathered at that table. You talk about thinking about the future and the hope that that provides. And he says, 
And so then he said, take this and share it amongst yourselves for I will not drink wine until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and he gave thanks for it. Then he broke the pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And it says, and after supper, he took another cup of wine. He said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. There, Jesus said, I'm not, I'm not going to eat this Passover meal until I come in my kingdom. And that's where we'll set the marriage supper of the lamb. And we will eat with Jesus and we'll feast with him that day. And he goes, but I won't do it until everybody's in. And so I think you know, this morning, my great question for all of us here, you know, answering your own heart, are you in? Are you, are you truly in Christ today? Have you received the forgiveness of your sin? Don't, don't take communion in an unworthy manner and go through the motions. In your heart of hearts, you would know. Just like you would know, is it the past that you're struggling with? Is it the present? Is it the future? You know, you, you know the Holy Spirit quicken those things. And he'll quicken in your own heart today if you need him. And if you do need him, he's here today. Reach out to him. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to forgive you of your sin. And he will. Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that you can walk with him. Most of all, that you can know his presence. Of all the things that I could wish for us as a church this year is that we would know the presence of God every day of our life. That's my hope. That's my prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, for your word, we thank you for the opportunity to receive communion today and to do it this first day of January in 2023. What a great reminder, Lord, as we take this, as we break the bread and we receive the cup, we're reminded that, Lord, you, you won't partake in that until you come in your kingdom and we'll sit with you one day. And what a day, Lord, that will be. So amazing, so amazing. But for us today, it's a reminder. We take that bread and it's broken that it was your body broken for us. We take that cup, we're reminded it was your blood that was shed for us. And scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And so we have proof in our hands today that we're forgiven because you shed your blood for us. And then to know that Lord, as we receive these elements and we ingest them into our own body, they become one with us. We're reminded of your promise that you would send the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us. The seal of the guarantee. Our future and our hope is secure. May you fill our hearts with that today. And may 2023 be a year for us and for this church where we know your presence in a deep, deep personal way. We love you. We bless you. We praise you as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.